Hey guys, welcome back to the Toxic Mom Podcast. I know I took a hiatus. I had some stuff going on behind the scenes that needed my undivided attention, and I appreciate you guys hanging in there. But I am back, and now I can focus solely on this podcast because I put my heart and soul into these stories that I research and tell you about. So today we're going to be talking about Carly Russell. I'm going to be updating you guys in the next few weeks on some other stories I had already reported on. Lori Vallow-Daybell finally had her trial. We have Gannon and Letitia Stouch from Colorado. Letitia's trial was a couple months ago in May. That came to a conclusion. I have a new one, Megan Huntsman from Utah. I'm going to be talking about her. And something I want to do a little different, I want to try to shed light on some cases of missing women that have become cold cases. The families still don't have answers. We don't know if they're alive or dead. And as we know, with the power of social media, maybe we can kind of get those resurrected so the family can possibly have some answers to what happened to their loved ones. So I'm going to be doing that as well. Okay, so let's get into this. This story kind of happened a couple weeks ago. It came out of left field, like a lot of these stories do. But it's eerily similar to some other women that did the same thing. So I kind of want to talk about that towards the end. But I want to talk about Carly Russell first. So as we know, on July 13th of this year, at around 934, a 911 call comes in from Carly. She's driving home from work on an interstate down there in Alabama. She reports that she sees a child around the age of three or four walking down the interstate wearing a diaper and a white t-shirt. He was by himself. Her and the dispatcher had some conversation back and forth. She instructed Carly to pop on her flashers so the police could see what car called and where she was. Um, she gave a description. The dispatcher advised her to you know, keep an eye on the child, but don't engage. Carly did this, that. The call ends. She then contacts her family and reports the same thing. But in the midst of that conversation, the phone call goes dead, but the phone is still on. They hear a scream and some shuffling, and that was the end of it. About five minutes after Carly called 911, the police arrived, saw her red Mercedes sitting there with the flashers on, and she's nowhere to be found. Either is the toddler that she called about. The car was still running. There's a cell phone that was there, a wig and some other miscellaneous items, some food that she had purchased. But again, no Carly and no child. So naturally, the police are puzzled. Social media explodes um, that there's a missing woman. Her picture goes all out. Her parents do interviews People start looking for her. You had different church groups that started looking. Obviously, the law enforcement was looking. Her family and friends were looking. And nobody knew what happened. About two days later, Carly reappears at her parents' house by herself. She looked in shock, according to her family members. She had a cut on her lip. Her T-shirt was a little muffled. And they call 911. They take her to the hospital. While she's at the hospital, the police come. They get a statement from her. And she goes home. And that's that. 
A few days later, the chief of police came on the television and reported what Carly had said happened to her. And they also revealed what they observed once they got a hold of her cell phone, because remember her cell phone was left there. The secret service was able to go through her cell phone and found some pretty interesting things that she was doing on the phone up until her disappearance. She was searching one-way bus tickets from Alabama to Nashville, Tennessee. She was looking up the movie Taken. She looked up how much an Amber Alert would cost. She looked up how to steal from a cash register without getting caught and some other stuff that the police didn't reveal, but they thought it was very pertinent to her state of mind leading up to this abduction. They also were able to get on surveillance her at a local Target purchasing some uh, Cheez-Its and granola bars. And so that's that. Um, they wanted her to give them more information. However, after she left the hospital, they weren't able to get anything else out of her. She shut down and she hired a lawyer, which is not unusual in this situation. A few days after that, um, Carly did, through her attorney, confess that the entire story was made up. She was never kidnapped. She was never, she never saw a kid walking down the highway and she asked for prayers and forgiveness. Um, and so that's that. She was then arrested and charged with two counts of false reporting, which are misdemeanors. She was booked fingerprinted, mugshot taken, and released on bond. And we're kind of waiting to hear what's going to happen after that. So let's go back to her story. Once she arrived at her parents' house and they called 911 and they got her to the hospital, she said that a white man jumped out the bushes once she pulled over to get out to investigate this toddler. He had orange hair and a bald spot. He took her um, through the woods, put her in a 18-wheeler. She was blindfolded. She heard a woman. She heard a child. She didn't know where she was. They then transported her into a house or a hotel where they take pictures of her, but they don't tie her up by the wrist because they didn't want to leave marks. Also, she claimed that she was able to escape, but then they got her back. They fed her snacks, Cheez-Its and granola bars. And she doesn't remember if there was a sexual assault. And then she said she was able to escape again, this time for good. And that's how she ended up walking to her parents' house where she did show up there by herself with $107 in a sock. That's the story she told the police. Her ex-boyfriend had tweeted out or had posted on his Instagram that she was fighting for her life for those 48 hours that she was in captivity. People were instantly red flagged when he put that there because they thought he possibly was in on it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I never believe that Carly was abducted. There are some of us that just don't buy 
what the media and social media sells us when there's a story like this that comes out. For one, okay, we do know that there are predators out there that use bait. They use candy, they use animals, and now they're getting creative. They're using children as bait. Come to my car, I have some candy, and then they end up kidnapping the person. Or, oh, can you help me find my dog? And then they end up kidnapping the person. Or they have a child. It's roaming the streets, lost. An unsuspecting person, usually a woman or a child, goes up to the kid, and next thing we know, they're kidnapped. Yes, this does happen, but this just didn't make any sense because people were suspecting that maybe the child was used as bait to lure her in. The biggest problem with that is the location that this took place at and the time of day. Predators are very careful at selecting their prey. They stalk their victims for days, months, at a time to learn their comings and goings if they're going to use bait as a way to get the person in their captivity. They're gonna learn what time they leave the house, what time they come home, their route to work or school. If they go out and exercise, what time of the day do they normally exercise? Which way do they run? Which way do they come back? They learn the ins and outs of their victims so that it's easier for them to kidnap them when they finally make their move. They're not going to risk doing this on a highway where they don't know who is going to pull over and kidnap or, you know, to observe what's going on because it's not normal to see a child walking the highway at that time of night by themselves. It's not normal to see a kid walking the highway at all, let alone at 930 at night. So that theory that the kid was put out there as bait just went out the window because it just wouldn't have made sense for somebody who wants to try to get away with committing a crime like this would do. It just was too risky because what if you had like an off-duty cop pulling over? You know, it's just it just didn't make any sense. The other thing was she reported that the child was wearing white. Anybody driving along that highway would have noticed a child wearing white and there was no calls that came in besides hers to report that a kid was walking alone in a diaper with a white t-shirt by themselves. It was just Carly. And then the thing that really got people really thinking was when they released the video surveillance of her car pulling up on the highway with her flashers on. There was no body on that highway that we saw jump out of the bushes and drag her in. We didn't see a child walking. Just Carly's car pulled over. So that's why, you know, once you put all the facts together, you kind of realize that it was argle bargle. But a lot of us were getting beat up when we were, you know, kind of on the fence in the beginning about it because God forbid she didn't make this up. It just seemed too far-fetched. 
And surprise, surprise, two weeks after the fact, she does admit that it was a lie. And it's very sad because a lot of people in the black community, in the black community in particular, were very upset that this young lady did this because as we know, when a black person, no matter what age or sex goes missing, the spotlight is just not there. And here we have a situation that was very different. We had the police very involved with this. Social media blew up. She was all over the news, something we rarely see when black people go missing. And so now a lot of people, rightfully so, in the black community feel that this now will take away from when something actually does happen. Now the red flags are going to be going up as if this is a hoax. And it's very sad. She wasted a lot of people's time. She embarrassed her family. She embarrassed herself. She had law enforcement running around like patsies. And we know when law enforcement feels like they're being played or when they find out they're being played, they do not let go. Even though the chief of police in his first press conference before he found out it was a lie, they kind of threw out there that they thought she was full of crap without saying she was full of crap. He went through her timeline, a methodical timeline, from the moment she left work up until she disappeared to make us think, hmm, this is probably BS. But they never passed judgment. He was very neutral during that press conference. The interesting thing I found when he said that as she was making this 911 call, she was still driving and she drove the length of six football fields in that short time span of that call, which alarmed them. There's no reason why she would have to drive that far if she was following behind a toddler because they're not gonna walk that fast. Then of course they found the cell phone. And when they went through that, they just kind of knew that this was more than what it was. Why she did this, we don't know. There's lots of speculation going on that she was trying to get the attention of the ex-boyfriend who took up for her, said she was fighting for her life. Then of course he took that post down. And when he found out that this was a bunch of BS, he was very upset, but he was very vocal about it. He did file a restraining order against her and the family. But then he did something foolish. He ended up setting up a meet and greet to appear at a Atlanta nightclub to meet women. And it was called search and rescue that he was looking for love. I mean, that was just foolish, but I'm not gonna pass judgment. It is what it is. Luckily he came to his senses and him and the venue decided they weren't gonna do it. But that's neither here nor there. Why did Carly do this? We don't know. We will never know. But it seems like something women do. We have Susan Smith back in 1994. I did a podcast on her who reported that her children were kidnapped by a black man as she was sitting at a red light. Turns out that she ended up drowning her own children in a lake. 
We have Bonnie Sweeten from Pennsylvania in 2009 who called 911 to report that she was abducted and she was in a trunk. Another woman who used a black man as um, the culprit. Turns out she was in Disney with her daughter because she knew she was getting ready to get arrested for stealing thousands of dollars from her employer. We have Sherry Papini back in 2016, I believe, who allegedly was kidnapped uh, by two Hispanic women. Then a month later, she was dumped. Turns out she was with an ex-boyfriend for that whole month. So she created that nonsense. She was sentenced to 18 months in jail recently for that argle bargle. We have Chloe Stein from Pennsylvania back in May. She reported that she was abducted because she didn't want her parents to find out that she dropped out of college. Then we have Carly Russell who reported a kidnapping and we just don't know why. It seems like something women do. Is it for attention? We don't know. We cannot go into the mindset of these women. Um, but she has to answer to this. She has a court hearing coming up because she has been formally charged. Maybe they'll get something out of her. Then maybe it'll work out a plea to avoid jail time to explain why she did this. We don't know. But I really do hope that people realize that there seems to be a disconnect when this happens. Uh, there might be some mental illness. We can't always blame it on mental illness because there's a lot of people out here that suffer from mental illness that don't go these lengths to waste people's time, energy, and resources. And I hope Carly learns a lesson from this. Her mugshot suggests otherwise, but I hope she learns a lesson that this was not okay. And I feel like this is not going to be the end of this because there might be another woman or a man even that might fake a kidnapping because they're under a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety and they just need to get away. But there's other ways to channel our stress and anxiety and not turn it into illegal matters because this was illegal. You're not allowed to use law enforcement to make up fake stories. And I really don't think that this is going to take away from police looking into other stories that come up, especially in the black community, because now they might be more hard pressed. And it's really sad that the black community doesn't get the attention that Caucasians get when they go missing. But that's a story for another day. I did do a podcast on that called Black and Missing. So if you get a chance, listen to that. I had a friend of mine on there. We were talking about it and why there is a disconnect between police with taking Black people's stories seriously. But I don't think that Carly's story is going to take away from that. Um, so let me know what you think. Do you think she did this for attention, for the for the boyfriend, do you think she was under stress from school because she's in nursing school? Do you think her parents irritated her and she did something? You know, let me know what you think. Um, and I thank you for listening. And again, I'm so happy to be back. 
podcasting. Next week's story, I will be giving you the update on Lori Vallow Daybell. And you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, email, the Toxic Mom Podcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you when I see you. Bye.